Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. And welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It's me today, Laura. I'm by myself, and I am coming to you with an awesome topic that I am so doing the work with right now. And I love those kinds of podcasts where the topic that I'm bringing to you isn't just something that is, I think is going to add value. It's something that I am currently humbly working through and uh, some version of it and realizing how important it is for us as nurse coaches to know what is a trigger and why uh, triggers are so important to nurse coaches, to understanding them, to understanding them in ourselves firstly. And then we'll also get into what does it mean for our clients to to accidentally trigger a client or to skillfully facilitate a safe way for a client to experience a trigger. And I'll give you some examples of that. Um, But first, I want to give you some updates on what's new in our world. So today is, I believe this is live on February 5th. February 6th, tomorrow night, we start our intro to deep coaching. It's going to be incredible. I think we have 60 or 70 people registered when I checked this morning. So it'll probably be around 80. That's usually what happens um, as we get a lot of enrollment in the week before. And this will meet on Tuesday nights for an hour and a half. For two months, a little over two months, we have a couple days off. You'll get that schedule if you register. We're going to introduce you to what deep coaching is with some very basic foundational pieces and how it fits into your existing nurse coach training. This is so great for new nurse coaches, for coaches that have been doing this forever. The way that I'm experiencing this body of work as I learn it, and as Shelby and I are learning it deeper and deeper, is knowing where the doorway is to take people deeper. And this can happen on our first coaching call. This can happen on our proposal coaching call. And it definitely happens inside of our paid containers where we're spending 
months with human beings and looking for ways to take a client deeper, to facilitate a, a radical shifts, not small incremental transactional. I'm going to get someone from eight, you know, point A to point C, but for somebody to have an embodied felt sense of an actual shift in the way that they see themselves or they see a situation. And uh, we're going to do lots of practicing and it's going to be very interactive. So it's not a class. We're not going to just teach you. We're going to give you some concepts. We're going to have some interactive experiences as a group and then lots of breakout rooms to practice and to uh, experience this together. So it's going to be Fantastic. I mean, it's Tuesday nights with badass nurse coaches from all over the country all coming together to just be better at what we do. And the price for non-clients is $4.99. It's not a super big financial commitment. It's $199 for clients, for uh, mentorship clients. All right, guys. I'm also doing a workshop this Friday. It is called Don't Sell Yourself, Mastering Idea Promotion. This is so clutch. It's so fundamental. It's so simple that I'm kind of surprised I haven't done it earlier, but I've really teased out this difference between idea promotion and self-promotion. People ask me all the time, Laura, how do you just shamelessly sell yourself? And I go, well, I'm not. I, like, I'm never shamelessly selling Laura Menard or time with Laura Menard. I'm always selling something else, like something I really believe in, in such a way that I, I don't feel connected to it financially. Um, I give this example with... Um, Selling King and Water machines. I, I sell King and Water machines accidentally because I talk about them all the time because it's like the best water on the planet and it's pretty easy. I'm not selling Laura Menard or trying to like create this crazy water business. I'm sharing about a product that's really, really great that I think everybody should have. And so it's really easy for me to talk about, even though it's selling a product. It's really interesting. So if you master idea promotion, it allows you to be everywhere in the world, promoting something that you deeply believe in. It has the form of advocacy. It doesn't feel gross. It doesn't feel gross for you, the practitioner, and it certainly doesn't feel gross for the human beings who are on the other end. I'm super excited to spend some time doing this with you guys at our workshop on Friday. Okay, enough of that. Now to our regularly scheduled podcast, I'm going to talk about triggers. And triggers are, well, let me give you just a, an example of what they are. Kind of, you probably know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to just define it and kind of give you an example of what they are. So, a trigger in like a psychological or emotional context refers to a stimulus or an event that prompts a really strong, often automatic emotional or behavioral response. And this can be, um, from lots of sources. It can be from trauma. It can be from a learned trigger from watching our parents and our family of origin. It can be cultural. It could be something that's really present in the world right now that triggers you. We see this all the time politically. Um, but a trigger is when you're just going about your day or you're having your coaching conversation, whatever it is, something happens and it creates a strong emotional and psychological string of events, often affecting your nervous system. And it can be deeply uncomfortable. And the unawakened nurse coach or unawakened client will then get taken on a ride from this trigger. The trigger completely takes over. You become very reactive. 
There isn't any space to like see the the situation maybe in a different light. You're very close up to it. There's a sense of uh, of unsafety that I feel when I'm triggered because the emotional response is so big and it's often a form of like hot anger and I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to blow up, right? So they can be positive or negative. There's also a trigger that I have to certain music uh, that makes me cry, like un, just uncontrollably cry and in a way that is defying in a way that I like, in the way that sometimes I secretly play these songs just to have this emotional trigger and this emotional experience. So they don't all have to be bad. But I think it's worth slowing down, noticing when and how and why we experience these triggers. Because triggers almost always point directly to some gold we have in our subconscious that if liberated, can dampen or remove the trigger completely, which if you are living a life where you're triggered regularly at work or in your marriage or in your relationship or wherever in your friendships, it's exhausting. It's not great. It doesn't feel great. Um, And so for the most part, resolving, working through, acknowledging, getting curious about these triggers can be so helpful. And what does that mean for the nurse coach? Well, first, shocker, we get to start with ourselves. So the first part of this podcast is going to be about triggers in ourselves. So I'm going to give you some examples of triggers. Traumatic events. I uh, remember as a young child riding my bike, hitting the curb, not quite right. You know, like when you drive up the driveway. But if you don't go straight on, if you go to the side, then you kind of rub it and then you kind of, you fall over. So I remember as probably, I don't know, four, trying to go up a driveway that was, had a pretty big lip, not hitting it at the right angle. The tire rubbed up against the side. I fell off. I hit my face and I got a really bloody mouth. I think I sliced the the piece of skin in, that holds my lip to my gums. And I remember the blood is what scared me. It didn't hurt that bad. I mean, it wasn't comfortable, but there was the blood was scary. I was screaming, immediately wanted my mom. And from that point forward, every time riding my bike, even now, you guys, even now, as a 45-year-old woman still trying to ride her bike, I brace for every driveway lip and there's a part of me that gets tingly. I actually get tingles in my body because of epinephrine, because I'm, I'm activated, because of that experience at four. So it doesn't have to be insanely traumatic events. It can be. It can be something like that. It could be something like tripping in front of people uh, can be a trigger. It could be, I mean, there's a thousand ways that you're probably sitting here listening to this thinking of, of something of yours. So traumatic events, emotional triggers, so like certain situations or dynamics. I remember for years, there was any any time I was in a romantic relationship and there was something said or something happened that made me think that my partner might be cheating. It was the, like a 48-hour, all-encompassing, totally hot, obsessed, um, horrible experience because of discovering my first love cheating on me. It's going to be a big emotional trigger for women, uh, uh, infidelity. Um, 
phobias. So phobias are triggered by specific objects or situations. That can be, a trigger can be revolved around that. Addiction triggers, this is huge. I remember having these in the early days of sobriety from out of uh, drug use of certain situations really triggering like a craving for the substance. Uh, triggers can be, uh, if you go to a ball game, let's say you go to, to f- football games or baseball games, like there's a trigger there that makes you desire beer and salts and whatever that you might not have if you were just at home. Negative thought patterns. So negative self-talk or self-criticism can be triggered by situations that challenge a person's self-esteem or confidence. I want to underline that and highlight that one because most of our first year or two in private practice, when we're trying new things, when we're becoming visible, we have lots of triggers that come up from um, childhood, gosh, from middle school, from high school. There's some really visceral triggers of nobody's going to like me. I'm going to be rejected. Um, People are going to think this about me just like they did in XYZ. Or maybe you have been sold to by, you've had a negative uh, receiving end of a sales experience. And every time you know you're going to do a proposal, you get completely triggered because you have this deep fear that you're going to perpetuate this experience that you experienced the receiving end of that you hated. So I, negative thought patterns, I really want to like underline that. I think that as the practitioner in this context, this is huge for us. Body image triggers. Oh, ladies, I, I know a lot of you have dealt with this with eating disorders. Uh, this, this doesn't trigger me as often anymore, but man, I was a... My body image, I had triggers about my body every day until, I don't know, maybe 37. <laughs> yeah, 37. So I don't know, when did it start? Maybe seven. So 30 years, 30 years of unexpected something happening and me feeling being triggered about the way that I look or my body that caused me lots of discomfort. Um, Lots of pain, just really painful triggers that were rooted in things that I didn't even understand. So body image triggers can be huge for us, for our clients. And sensory triggers, certain smells, sounds, or textures can trigger strong memories or emotions. Uh, I used to get nervous every time I smelt the, the smell of a new box of Crayolas because that's what school smelt like. Like the first day of kindergarten, first day of first grade. Like I remember the way the classroom smelled. It smelled like a brand new Crayola box and like in a good way, like like Christmas morning way. Um, and I remember that being a big trigger for me as a smell. Isn't that interesting? And I'm sure you guys are, are, are starting to think of some of these things for you. So understanding and managing triggers is a huge essential part of emotional regulation and mental health. If we can identify when something's happening, figure out why it's happening, create some healing around it, whether it be through coaching on a thought level, whether it be somatically in our body, through a somatic practice, through a visualization, through breath work, through tapping. There's so many ways to work with triggers. Uh, There's passive ways to work with triggers. I've had um, an energy healing session before that removed a fear for me and I was never triggered in that fear again. I'm so grateful for that. That's rare. I don't know that we get to have that happen very often, 
But through coaching and through other healing modalities, we can really look at a lot of our triggers and heal them. And then even besides just individual ones, creating the awareness to then have some space between the stimulus and the response can solve so many problems in our lives. I'm still working on this one. Shelby's better at it than me right now. (laughs) So even uh, uh, knowing when we're activated and having a commitment to a, a cooling off period or time to reflect, making sure that it's still present for us before we have to do anything with it, noticing that sometimes we're triggered and there's nothing to do with it. It is all our own. And the nature of work that we do as a nurse coach and here at the Successful Nurse Coaches, triggers are they happen. They happen in our containers. They happen with each other. They happen within ourselves. They happen as the coach. They happen as the client. Essentially, if you decide to be a professional nurse coach, you are signing up to understand what a trigger is in yourself and to watch for it in your clients. So there's some different reasons. These are more surface level reasons why I think that um, understanding triggers are useful for ourselves. Self-awareness. I'm going to give you a great example here. Oh, this can be vulnerable, but I think you guys will appreciate this. Yeah, getting negative client feedback. If a client doesn't give you a five out of five, let's say you get a four out of five on your coaching for some reason, and uh, that triggers you, it triggers, you get a big emotional response, it feels really big, you read their feedback, it's actually not bad feedback, but you're triggered because there is a a grade or something in front of you that is not 100%. And uh, for me, as a child, Uh, I had a deep belief that if I wasn't the best or I didn't get 100%, then I was a piece of shit. I don't know where it came from. It was like deep in my ingrained into my software. I had it as a very young child. I remember journaling about it when I was five or six. So for me, this was very present, very big, a very big part of my early, early identity that if it's not the best and it's not perfect, then it's not worth anything. And this has been years of undoing that. But for me, there can that is still present for me in the unawakened state at a fast glance. And I still have to work through that trigger, right? Like there's these opportunities for that trigger to be present with me. But now there's lots of things that I don't have to be the best at or be perfect at. I mean, you start a coaching business, it's messy action. So I've come a long way. But that trigger still remains. And it is more present for me depending on lots of things, what time of the month it is in my cycle how grounded I've been lately, how well, how good I've been feeling. Have I slept? Am I hungry? Have I had some fun? Am my capacity up? If all those things are really low, triggers get really hot. It's also another indicator that it's, it's time for more self-care when we're being triggered regularly. I also think that triggers can highlight beliefs and values. And this is a, another really vulnerable personal story that I'll have. But in a recent coaching call with my coach, uh, we are working a lot with it because I keep telling him this thing happened. I'm having a heightened emotional response. It does not match the situation. Like I can really see the mismatch of how big it feels emotionally versus how it actually is in relation to the rest of my life and all things. And instead of saying, I should know better, I should, I should do more work on this, or I'm working on this, I brought it to him. 
And it's around like when something, uh, an event happened, it makes me angry. We boiled it down to what I really don't like about it is that somebody else is acting out of integrity. And I even use the word disgusted. I'm so disgusted when people X, Y, Z, this lack of integrity. So when I perceive a situation as someone having a lack of integrity, whether it's true or not, it's my perception of it. It's like, hey, this thing happened. My brain is perceiving this as this person has a, is lacking integrity. I am flooded with a feeling of anger and disgust, and it's really big, and it's too big for the situation, to be honest. Because there's a part of me that deeply fears that as a as a former drug addict, that I still lack integrity like I did then. It was inextricably tied to moments, really low moments of being totally out of control in my life, and grow, you know, becoming sober, growing, changing, redeeming, making amends. Like that is so far in my past; it's not present for me at all. Like in my conscious. It's just something that I, that Laura went through. But in this situation, it's very present. There's a tentacle coming up from that trauma that when these other external circumstances happen, it just highlights that there's this tentacle in, in this trauma that's reaching up through my self-concept that is causing me this big emotion. And so then the question becomes, how do we be present with that? How do we spend time with that? How do we work with our coach with that? How do we breathe through that? How do we acknowledge it? How do we heal it so that the tentacle is no longer there? So that the next time that I perceive that somebody doesn't have integrity, that I could see them as a whole person having a difficult situation, having a difficult experience. It just changes the way that we see the world. This is so helpful for, for ourselves. Well, you know, I think during this election year, a lot of people are like, um, trying to find people to blame things on, right? We're always trying to find people to blame things on. And this can get really, really big in the zeitgeist, in the, in the general consciousness in election years. And so if we're constantly looking for reasons why other people are responsible for our own unhappiness or unease or our own fear or the perceived problems in the world, I think, I mean, we're just basically walking around triggered all the time or turning on the news and being triggered every single day. Um, so I think this is a really especially important time being in an election year to observe our own triggers, to observe our clients' triggers uh, around some of these things. So triggers, you know, like that trigger about integrity, it highlights that integrity is really important to me and that there's this deeply hidden, buried belief that somehow I don't have it. And it was a difficult conversation to have. And my coach said, well, Ari, do you really have integrity? And when he asked me that, there was a little part of me that goes, I don't know. I hope so. And she deserves love. And she deserves space. And she deserves safety to say that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I have integrity. Maybe I, maybe I don't. And maybe I don't in these ways. This is what comes to mind. Because when we shine a light on the shadow, the shadow cannot remain. Shadows can only happen if there's a barrier to the light. And if we shine enough light, eventually the shadow fades. 
and something else emerges. So I think that uh, coping mechan- therapy, learned about coping mechanisms. There's lots of coping mechanisms to cope with triggers, which are great. It's great to be able to cope with a trigger. If you have an incredibly triggering event and you have to still work the rest of the day, it's nice to know how to be able to work the rest of the day. It's nice to be able to know what to do in the moment to to handle the trigger, but deeper than just coping mechanisms, it's also nice to spend time to be present with the trigger and to learn and to grow from the trigger. I Also, what I found is I have so much more empathy for clients getting triggered when I'm currently working on a trigger my own, right? So as I'm working on this with my coach, if I have a client that comes to me with something similar, I have a lot more empathy and compassion for where they are. There is less judgment on my part about something. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to, this is not any particular client. So if I'm saying this and you think it's you, it's not. I'm I'm making this as a, a hypothetical after coaching so many people, so many small groups. I've coached so many small groups at this time that I've seen this dynamic evolve and erupt some version of this over and over again is that I will be coaching um, eight nurse coaches in a group. I will sense that it's time to kind of go hard or go in with one of them around something that's been developing over a certain amount of time. And so I kind of go in and go deeper and go harder. So I coach them differently than I coach their colleague on that call. And I've seen after those kinds of calls that the person getting coached really hard, feeling singled out like I didn't like them, or that the colleagues wondering, well, don't you, like, I want you to coach me that hard. Why were you so soft on me? Why were you so loving to me? Like, I need someone to kick my butt like you kicked her butt. And I appreciate when people say that to me directly after the call, but sometimes y'all hang on to it for six months and you make it be a big, big, big story. And then every call, you're looking for evidence to reinforce that belief that I like someone else more than I like you. Um, and then really, you you start being triggered regularly because you've created this um, tether to this feeling that probably comes from something else. And if I had a client tell me that, like, I was incredibly triggered, Laura, when you X, Y, Z. And awesome. Can't, may I coach you in that on our next call? And by the way... Um, how incredibly valuable will it be for all of your colleagues to be able to experience that? And how brave is it for you to tell me that? Like that's where transformation happens. It happens in these kinds of conversations. This makes us bolder. It makes us not assign meaning of good or bad to our triggers, to the way that we become activated in the world. It certainly makes us feel more a part of instead of othering ourselves because we have a trigger. Part of our coping mechanism is to pull back and to withdraw. And then we're constantly wondering why we don't feel like we're a part of anything anywhere we go. Because that's on us. You know, I have a, a mantra that I belong everywhere I go. Every room I walk into is where I belong. I can walk in with my shoulders back and my chin high. It doesn't matter where in front of who. And it doesn't matter what I look like or what emotional state I'm in, because I've, I've said this over and over to myself. I belong in every room that I go. And that's uh, the healing to, I don't belong anywhere. I'm different than everybody. I Nobody likes me. 
people are talking about me. That was little Laura. So that's really interesting, isn't it? That you can create ways uh, of being in the world that are so powerful from our triggers, from recognizing our triggers. I know I'm going kind of hard on on us here, but I don't want to to skip over a lot of these things. So first, as the incredible nurse coaches that we are, we become, we do our own work. We allow ourselves to be triggered because we're vulnerable. We put ourselves in situations for that even to happen. And then when they happen, we go, oh, look at that. A little piece of gold. A little piece of gold erupted in my coaching call today because I felt this, this, this when this, this, this happened. And that response was overly big. And at the root of that response is the next place I get to heal. So as the as the the nurse coach or the as any of our clients listening to this, this is full permission to allow yourself to be triggered, to tell your coach that you're triggered in a loving way, to explore it and to shift it and change it. As opposed to keeping it a secret and then looking for evidence that it's true for the rest of your container. And then how do we do this with clients? It's a skill. And I remember one of my uh, two coaches ago, one of my coaches, I said to him, this thing happened. I'm incredibly open and raw. In fact, the only way I'm able to talk about this thing is in detail. I, I'm not able to, to, to take a, like, I'm not there yet. I'm just openly and, and actively responding to this thing, the stimulus. And he's like, perfect. Can we meet today? This is our first call. He's like, perfect. Can we meet today? This is the best time to meet. And, and I meet him. And I'm like, I'm probably going to cry. This is not like the Laura Menard you're going to know for the rest of our container, but this is where I am and this is how I feel. And it was so helpful to be able to come in that state. Um, I knew I was fully triggered. I allowed myself to be fully triggered and we got to work through it together. Uh, As opposed to um, hiding it and waiting for me to get to a point in that healing trajectory that was more impressive, you know? So we want to create safety with our clients. We want to, when we seek permission, I think this is, you know, agreements create the safety for hopefully it triggers not to happen as often. But there's tenderness that we we sense with people and we can seek permission, but we want to go there. And we have to respect if somebody doesn't want to or if they want to steer away. We got to meet clients exactly where they are. But even a question of, I noticed when I said this thing to you that your face changed. And I'm curious about it. Are you willing to go a little bit deeper with me? Can you tell me more about how that felt in your body? What are you experiencing right now? Close your eyes. When was the the first time you felt this? Was it before you were five? Was it between five and ten? What's the first thing that comes to mind? You know, there's it, there's just so much gold to uncover when we have these things happen. And as the coach, you'll begin in just even in resonance with them, with your own nervous system, you'll notice when a trigger happens. I have done this. I've poked the bear several times with clients. You know, people hire me to be their business coaching. Um, they, they hire me to help them with their business. And so their objective, primary objective is to learn how to launch a successful and profitable business. And I do this with nurse coaches, first year, second year, third year. And in a lot of my year two peeps, masters who are listening to this, you've probably seen me do this. 
that I can at times come in hot and ask you questions that are hard to hear, that have punch to them. I know you well enough that I feel safe enough to do it with you, but I might ask you something of, do you really think you can help this client with that if you're unable to do it for yourself? It's like asking a shadow question. It's meant to evoke the shadow. It's meant to, ev- to create the trigger because we're glossing over it. And I know that if we can d- dig in underneath it, that we'll probably find the path forward that, that wants to emerge for them. And I can't do it nicely. At some point, the, the bear won't come out. I have to poke it so it'll stick its head up. And once its head's up, we can't really ignore it. And then we get to heal it and put it, put it back to sleep or maybe uh, ask it to leave and go sleep somewhere else, however you want to imagine that. So there's a way to work with triggers with our clients. And I can tell you right now, I would never hire a coach that was, be, would be afraid to trigger me. And so I know a lot of you nurse coaches listening to this are thinking, that sounds terrifying. What if I say the wrong thing? We are living in a, in a time of cancel culture. So there's fear of offending, right? Like just out and about, there's this fear you're going to say something wrong or you're, you're not going to know how to handle a situation. We're kind of walking on eggshells as a society. And then we're having these deep coaching conversations and there's this fear that we're going to cross some line, that we're going to trigger somebody, that we're going to make somebody dislike us. And uh, a really solid coach knows that's part of our job. I mean, we create the, the, we create the environment, the safety and the container to do this kind of work safely, right? Like we, we set it up so that this can occur and that this can happen. Now, as I'm speaking to you about all of this, there's a little part of me that's laughing because I don't have this figured out at all. I don't. There is a part of Laura Menard that when she gets triggered, it reminds, it's just like my dad. Um, it usually consists of some version of go F yourself and um, having really righteous anger that's really yummy and delicious and uh, can feel really great to step into in response to whatever the trigger is. And that doesn't come out of my mouth and I don't outwardly express it, but I have to work through it in my own body as it's happening. So this is not something I've mastered. In fact, it's it's a primary focus of my work with my coach today. So I don't know that we we get to arrive to a point where we can walk through life with never having a surprising negative emotion in response to an, an event or stimulus, but we do get to walk around in life completely awake, knowing that we have a choice on how we respond. So the choice is in the response. And that's really powerful. That can change a lot for a lot of us, just that. So I hope this was a great introduction to um, learning about triggers. There's a lot of great books on the topic. This would fall, uh, like coaching to evoke a trigger is more of like shadow coaching or shadow work. It's not like something I'd recommend doing your first three months. Um, But it's something that you can explore safely uh, with clients that trust you and even with permission. Like I'm going to ask you a shadow question. So this is going to seem like a strange question. And so like, I'll give you an example. A client's been really, really afraid of being visible on social media. And I asked her, can I ask you a shadow question? 
And she said, what's that? And I was like, it's a question that I'm going to ask that's meant to evoke something like a trigger that's going to trigger you. And I won't do it unless you want to, but I think it could help. Are you game? And she said, yes, I'm game. And I said, "Um, what is your mom going to think if you start posting on social media? And did you hear my voice there? Because it sounds like the inner voice. And like just her response, like we didn't, we didn't have, she didn't pause. Like we let it cut the trigger come out just to see how ridiculous the fear was of, of, and how this was really the reason. This was this fear of, of her mom judging her, of not being good enough. This is the, the, her core wound in her life. This was really big. And she was trying to, to find all these ways and strategies around it, but we just needed to call it out of, of the bushes. And, uh, it worked really, really well. And it was risky, but we did it with permission. So there's safe ways to do this, guys. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Come join us in our free Facebook group. This Facebook group is for everybody who has not hired us yet. It is filled with uh, nurse coaches brand new in their journey. And for all of our clients, we'll see you in the mentorship Facebook group. And I would love to hear from our clients who are listening to this, what's coming up for, for you there. And, and maybe if you're willing uh, to do some shadow coaching with your lead coach, let them know. Say, hey, I listened to Laura's Trigger Podcast. I think I got some shit under the surface. I'm willing to let you evoke it. I'm game for some shadow coaching and, and see what happens. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your Monday. 